Are you ready? Yeah, I forgot that part. I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, money, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. That might be the first time in years I've gotten it twice in a row. Oh my gosh, we're so hyped right now. This is going to be the highest energy episode we've I'm ever done in so, our entire life. Why are we forcing this I'm energy? I'm so tired, dude. I have to force it because I'm... <laughs> I'm, it's been a long ass day for both of us on that like five hours of sleep and then a long work day. David Luna asks... If you had to pick one guitar brand and all of its products, subsidiaries, and properties <laughs> to be wiped from the face of the earth. What's a subsidiary? Subsidiaries. I can't talk. I'll try again. If <laughs> David Luna asks, if you had to pick one guitar brand and all of its products, subsidiaries, and properties to be wiped from the face of the earth, which would it be and why is it Gibson? <laughs> I missed that part. Wait, <laughs> I don't it's think not. I don't think I realized he said that at the end. He does clarify. Uh, Paul Crane said, "Does it also magically wipe out all the music made with it?" And it, and David Luna said, uh, "No, just today for it." So, oh, that was going to be my question. Uh, so, is this is this in the past or is this like right now? So basically, this is like all the governments of the world agree. This the people who currently run this company can no longer like this company is closing and, and the people who run this company cannot start like a new company that makes the same thing. Or it is, there kind is a magic deal. element and this is a genie's wish. You know, like Gibson can never, cannot exist any longer. No matter how hard people try, they can't overcome the, sure. the magic of the wish, you know, like either scenario is fine with me. Um, not necessarily with Gibson, but let's, let's think for a second mind explore this mm. what would be lost if we lost a fender or a gibson that you know two iconic guitar brands what would actually be lost because in theory if those brands disappeared you know there's all sorts of other brands that would pick up the torch and build those style of guitars but you are losing the brand you're losing that you're losing the brand and you're losing the subsidiaries so, yeah. So no, hold on. Okay. 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 All that right. gets interesting. Uh, but but my point that I'm leading to is I think there are there are qualities in those two brands in your Fender and your Gibson mm -hmm. that other companies are not able to re reproduce or aren't trying to reproduce. Mm -hmm. Like I've said for a while, like Gibsons have a very unique neck feel. And I don't think I've ever picked up another brand of guitar that was trying to be a Gibson style build that had that neck feel. And you either love that neck feel or you don't. If you love it, then that's where you get that feel from is from getting a Gibson product. I feel like if Gibson as a brand disappeared, you wouldn't be able to find that neck feel very easily for a long time. Until right, people right. figured out how to to build that, like there's there's some there's some sort of like undescribable I mean, thing to that. You think someone could just measure it and do it? You I'm think? sure they could, but the thing is that like a lot of modern guitar builders are building next to a modern style, right? 
and Gibson is still building. I'm talking about the like Gibson proper, not Epiphone, because Epiphones typically have very standard run of the bill feeling next mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But there's something about a Gibson proper neck that feels very throwbackish to me, to a style of build that's not being made anymore. And it's not so much the measurements; it's just it's it's that certain I don't know what, you know. Right. And so- I think with with Fender. I think there's a ton of builders out there that can do really good fender style builds. I kind of feel like Squire is not replaceable. <laughs> Squire has Well, so here's the deal. Squire has the magic, I think. As soon as you throw in subsidiaries, it gets kind of wild. Right, right. Uh cuz with Fender then you lose you lose Guild, you lose Sun SWR. I don't know if Sun or SWR is currently in operation. Right. You Charvel, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, Tacoma, which doesn't kind of kind of doesn't exist. Squire, like you said, Ovation. Oh, Fender owns Ovation now. Uh, oh no, well, I know I KMC see. was sold off in 2015, okay. so they did, but now they don't. And some of these, like they don't technically own them, but it's like a distribution network sort of thing. But yeah. like it would interrupt them. We'll say that. Um, but yeah, Charvel is owned by Fender. Yeah. Uh, Bigsby, no more Bigsby tailpieces. Do they own Jackson right now? I believe they do own Jackson right now. Jackson, yep. Is, yeah, and that's uh, why they have that the the Corona ass series now. <laughs> the American uh, soloist series or the, the American, American series solo, soloist? American standard series? No, it's not the American standard. It's the American soloist series. I know they're the all American, soloists, right? But the, the, you know, if you spell it out, it's an A S S. Weirdest decision ever. Uh, so yeah, you're a Jackson American Series soloist. soloist the ASS. Um, <laughs> oh man, this guitar rips. It's total ass. Well, Gibson owns uh, Mesa Boogie now. So this is where it kind of gets weird. Because you also Gibson lose itself fin- is a subsidiary. I of what? Of uh, Gibson. Is, well, I shouldn't say they're a subsidiary. I guess you could make the same argument that like that Fender's a sub- like they're owned by like a private equity firm. Okay, okay. Um, oh, subsidiaries. There, there's the link I was looking for. Show Baldwin, Epiphone, Kramer, Mesa Boogie, Steinberger to buy. So you're not actually. I mean, obviously you're losing Gibson, you're losing Epiphone, you're losing Mesa Boogie, Kramer. Who cares about Kramer? I mean, it, I as Charvel's been making a What's comeback. What's going on over, on over there, Jerry? What's going on over there, Kramer? So, We're so, making guitars, Jerry. <laughs> We're dive bombing. <laughs> I think that's funny, and I've never even watched Seinfeld. <laughs> You've never watched Seinfeld? I've watched like one episode. Oh, uh, we is are. That, is it worth watching? We're we're that you know we're that dynamic of like. We're four years apart or whatever, and we're different in generations. Do I need to watch it? No. It won't hit the same if you watch it now. I just, I mean, I know, like, our, our boy Brian Gower is doing a, a Seinfeld podcast. Do you listen to that? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's called the Second Button Podcast. I Dude, need to get in on that. It's him and Andrew Walsh. I started to re- Andrew's alcove. I got to get on that. Uh, I started to rewatch Seinfeld from the beginning, which I realized I had never seen because I was a child when it started. <laughs> and I didn't pick up on Seinfeld until I was like mid-teens or something like that. So I missed like the first season. 
And I didn't realize how different the first season started out. Like they had not found their dynamic yet. So it was, it was pretty interesting to watch. Uh, but there's some classic moments in Seinfeld. There's a lot of stuff. This is like, Oh, what is this now? I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm on team Seinfeld. I'm very far away from team friends. All right. So, so we've hit, well, I wasn't on team friends either for what it's worth. I also, I think you were just too young. I had a lot of friends who watched friends. I just was more of a law and order. Do you guy. have a lot of signs that watched fell? <laughs> Well, Law & Order is fun, too. Uh, uh, we, we're a Law & Order SVU. I also, like, okay, legitimately, like, I was... Family over here. I was that guy who, uh, during, like... We have... We're not on top of it. Especially during, like, baseball season, I would just, like, if nobody was watching... Like, basically, after Jeopardy was over, I would just put it on ESPN and, like, let SportsCenter run for, like, See, three we, straight hours. We didn't have that in my family. <laughs> <laughs> no one else watched it. It was just like I would have it on. It like, wouldn't have watched the highlights. It wouldn't have been permitted. And oh no, my gosh, my dad watched sports from time to time, but it was never. We were never a sports family, you know. So okay, uh, Gibson, let's get, let's get outside of Gibson, Gibson and, Fender. and Fender. Like those are easy targets. Um, after that, I don't know. Like, what would you get rid of? What would you say this brand? Honestly, oh. Well, the whole reason to get rid of a Gibson or a Fender is just to see what would happen. I don't actually want either brand to disappear, obviously. But I'm trying to think, are there any brands that I would feel personally relieved if they disappear? <laughs> it's like, oh, thank goodness they're gone. All right, I got, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a potentially, here's my hot take. I'm waiting for the burn. Electroharmonics. That is a hot take. Why? What's your what's your reasoning? I don't I don't know. I just feel like that's the right answer. On one side, like we don't need any more muff variations. And every other builder in the world already has a muff variation. Like I wouldn't I don't, but sometimes electroharmonics comes out with some cool stuff. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes it's just like let's stamp out another one of these things that we've made dozens of. And I think that's why, like, and you know, I I saw this thing the other day. You know, some of it's just because this is probably fresh in my mind. Right. Uh, I saw in a, in a comment thread the other day, people are talking about boutique pedals and like and high end pedals and whatever you want to call them. And someone basically said like, well, why is it E H and X is can still make a quality pedal EH for, and X EH and X EHX can make a quality pedal for under. Oh, it's because EH and S that's okay. uh, yeah. Environmental health and safety uh, can still make a quality pedal for uh, under a, uh, under a hundred dollars, but no one else can do it. That's how, you know, all of those other popular brands are ripping you off. And it's like, no, that's because as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong. EH and uh, EH and X EHX does like, almost no they only do quality check and like maybe putting the like slapping it into the case and they can do numbers that, in the united states they can, as, they as can do production numbers that very few pedal brands can as much as people talk about like oh this brand gets their pcbs from overseas i think it's true that there are a lot of like american brands right that get their pcbs overseas but at least from my understanding and again Correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, because I don't know. This is the information that I have. I, maybe it's wrong that, like, the JHS 3 Series. Right. My understanding is, okay, maybe the PCBs are maybe the PCBs are coming from overseas, but all of the assembly is happening in the U.S. 
Like those PCBs sure, are sure. going to right. a factory in the United States or they're going to JHS. I don't know where. And they're being populated in the United States. And then they're going into right. the boxes in the United States. Whereas my understanding is EHNX, there's a fa- EHX is, <laughs> is just getting stuff slapped together and then they put it into the case here. I wouldn't say slap, but it's being, it's being assembled in a factory. And I'm not saying that's bad either. Right. It's just, it's fresh in my mind but because somebody like- brought it up. It's also a a poor argument to make because E and H and X. <laughs> it sounds like a law firm. Uh, e and H and X uh, has plenty of pedals that are over a hundred, over two hundred, oh, sure, in the same price ranges as everyone else. But guess what? Boss also has. How much is an SD one? Are they still thirty dollars? Oh, uh, you know, I just even if they're fifty dollars now, like. Yeah. I think they might be more. DS ones are like forty or fifty dollars. Sixty four dollars is for one hundred and sixty nine. No, sixty three dollars. Go up, go up. What was that? That's the fortieth anniversary. Sixty four for that one. For the black one, you can get Boss pedals that are simple drives. Same as you can get simple drives from from E and H and X for <laughs> sub a hundred dollars, but you get into the more complicated builds. The newer builds that took more, uh, you know, R and D and whatnot, and things get more expensive. They charge what they need to charge to have the profit margins that they need to have. Okay, the current cheapest actual effect pedal from H and X, Jesus, <laughs> is uh, you're not even doing intentionally. Is the Electro Harmonix LPB one? It's a one knob boost. boost. It's forty six dollars. After that. Is seventy three dollars for the satisfaction fuzz? Yeah, which is kind of, I wasn't, I wasn't. After okay. that is the seventy seven seventy six dollar two point five watt guitar amplifier. They they still make the crayon. I did not yeah. know that. Hot tube. So they have a bunch of drives around the eighty dollar mark. Right. No simple drives. Yeah, you can find all sorts of simple drives from E and H and X. For uh, small stone, but you can also find a bunch of drives from other companies. Like, well, I mean, like for all bucks. of their nano series stuff is pretty much under a hundred dollars. But like. like you get into like their reverbs and delays and things like that, and that changes. Up, oh, just kidding. The Electro Harmonix Nano Operation Overlord Allied Overdrive pedal is a hundred and one dollars. Oh my gosh, Soul Food is a hundred and one dollars. What's the most expensive one? It's the it's the DM it's the DN, DMM, right? I don't know. No, good grief! It's the, the looper. It's the ninety five thousand performance loop, six hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> the the most conventional pe- conventional big quote quote marks is the hog two. Yeah, that's uh, pretty unconventional. I think. I mean, you look at the 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 memory man for four hundred forty four bucks. Yeah. Like, yeah, electroharmonics has a range, you know. I think it's a, it's a nonsense argument because you have to look at other brands. Like, people will be like, why does this boutique brand charge this when electroharmonics charges that? No, look at brands that are doing similar production numbers, right. like Boss. Um, you know, that's who you're comparing I don't know. electroharmonics like, to. Like I said, I, that just came into my mind. I kind of just... And we're still talking about I, who we I, need to race. I feel like they're, to me... Uh, you know, much like the flyover states, the podcast Ele- like Electro Harmonix is just mid. The, the topic really doesn't matter as long as we just keep talking, 
right, guys? Um, as long as we keep having something to talk about, like, that doesn't, it doesn't matter what we started talking about. And I guess, like, if you eliminate that, you lose some, you lose like vacuum tube production, and you lose the Sovtech amps, and I don't think you lose much else. I'm trying to think of a guitar brand that I'd like to see disappear, and I can't think of anything. Like, I think I, I'm fine with them all. Hard luck, Kings. Eh, I don't I mean, care it's, about it's, enough. It's to, inconsequential. I don't yeah. care about enough to want them gone. I kind of, part of me, like the problem is, is they have some stuff that is legitimately, I think, cool. Um, Are you talking about Hard Luck Kings? No. Okay, good. I'm like, let's not talk about Hard Luck Kings. <laughs> uh, is uh, Schechter, I think. Uh, is kind of an interesting company to, to dabble about. Their subsidiaries include Fox Gear, which I did not know that, Fox Gear Pedals, Baroni Lab Pedals. Well, they used to have Daisy Rock, and I would have said no just to keep Daisy Rock around, mm-hmm. but I know they don't own them anymore. You know, I, I can't... Wild Audio and Guru Pedals. I'm not familiar with those. I think somewhere around like 2011, 2012, I think it was time to hang up the towel. And I think Schechter, I still admire their build quality. Mm-hmm. I think Schechter builds a really great guitar at their price point. But I haven't seen them advance out of that 2000s new metal vibe that they have. Well, and that's the thing is I think they actually do have some good guitars. Oh, they absolutely I do have, have some, some good guitars. I think they have some models that I'm interested in. They're just not ones that... Maybe you see promoted. Um, you know, they just they had that Aaron Marshall signature. They guitar. had that one that I really liked. It was it had like the Bigsby and the Filtertrons in it stuff, and the, like the the Firebird carve on the top. Heavy sin. Those things were a brick. Mm-hmm. Look, look at these electroacoustics. They just came no, out. With. No. Look, it's well. Rob Scallon's got a signature model. He's yeah. a YouTuber, right? Yeah. I think I, I like. I kind of like these Nick Nick Johnson signature PT. That looks cool. Look fine. No, I think I'm fine with Schecter disappearing. Okay, Ryan, if you're gonna fall in love with an emo girl, how are you gonna do it without the MGK signature? Right. right. And if Schecter doesn't make it, who's going to? You can't fall in love with an emo girl without this guitar. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with the vote. Let me let me see this one real quick. Oops. How come it won't go back? It's, this website sucks, that's why. Are those Oh, I see what the, the I was Valley. Okay. I was looking at the finish like on a this splatter. I I'm going to 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 vote for Schecter. I'm going to say <laughs> make Schecter disappear not because I don't like them, not because I don't respect them, not because I don't think people should play them. I just think it's it's time to hang it up. I think our cult, I think society has advanced past the need for Schecter guitars, and I would rather fondly remember them in a decade. Mm-hmm. In fact, like, hmm, remember Schecter? That was that was a wild time. We were all young and in our twenties, and new metal was a thing, and blah blah blah. Be nostalgic for them to pave the way for there to be a market for a reissue or something like that. Then to have them continue to be what they have been and just be more and more like 
I mean, it, it's that's, cl- it's that's clear, It's clearly not the case, right? But I think it would be interesting um, if Schechter fell on hard times. Not for obviously not from a job loss. I'm not saying no. People, I don't see. I don't. I don't um, wish ill on any builder. I kind. Of, I kind of think it would be interesting if Schechter was like, we can't keep up our international stuff anymore. We're going back to USA production only. Which what is like they what they were, to, which is like what they were in the seventies and eighties. What if they went back to being uh, parts? No, exactly. That's what I mean. Like they're only that's a, what they used to be high end, high end guitars with their parts or like replacement Fender parts. They were like the original replacement parts company yeah. that was making like replacement bridges, necks, bodies, pit guards, and stuff like that. What if they went back to their roots? They say, "Hey, Schechter, no more guitars. You can't build any more of your own guitars. Go back to parts." We miss parts Schecter. I don't know. It's it's too hard of a question, but it led us some interesting places to discuss. So there's that. Let's should we do an ad or should we uh you want to do housekeeping or sponsor spot, Steve? Trying to get this freaking website to you work. have the floor. Oh, hold on. The floor is yours, Mr. Steve. Gosh, am I back at church? Is this an Awana night? <laughs> Um, I tell, I tell my kids, I call you Mr. Steve to my kids. Yeah, no, I know. Um, am I Mr. Ryan to your kids? No. Mm, Maybe right. you should be. Maybe I should be. I don't uh, come over enough for your kids to, I know. <laughs> to have an introduction um, for me. What was I going to say? Are we done with this topic? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're done. All right. Uh, in that case, we uh, we didn't we we didn't say anything. We so. kind of maybe there's a brand that you think should be zapped off the face of the earth, never to return again. Uh, but hopefully, you don't think this show should be zapped off the face of the earth. And maybe I'm you wake even up. like us enough to head on over to Patreon.com/slash60cyclehumcast and throw a little moolah our way, or for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the production of this program i'm gonna wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night and just be like huh i should have said parker i want parker to disappear i feel like parker's already do they still exist barely probably uh also i wanted to say that this episode is brought to you by bigger pedals mm. that's true that's this the low this is the low af <laughs> that's what i was gonna say steve uh this is a nice mid lows Fuzzy McFuzz Fuzz. I think it's a great pedal it's for a, for your baritones and your basses and yeah, stuff like that. This is a really great pedal for everything. You should get one. Biggerpedals.com. Only one, Steve. Why not get two and run well, out of stereo? You should get... Why doesn't Bigger Pedal make a stereo loaf? When are these brands going to join the three percent of guitar players playing in stereo in 2022? I play in stereo in the garage a lot. I, I do not I I do not want a gig stereo. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by String Joy. Mm. They make strings that bring you joy. That's true. And you can order custom sets, which will make you custom joyful. On the back of the box here, it says stringjoy.com. Do you want to be joyful? Have a link below. Do you want to be joyful in a way that no other guitarist can be joyful? Then get on their string builder on their website and order a set of bonkers strings like alternating heavy and super light heavy super light super light super light heavy again like go crazy mix them up have a lot of fun be the happiest guitarist on the block with your string joy strings hey ryan you want to get sued by nickelodeon (laughs) every single damn day of my life ready yeah string joy commercial ren and stimpy spoof 
where they sing happy, happy string joy, happy. Yep. There we go. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Let's go boys. (laughs) Should we open this letter? No, let's do that during what's new. Let's do another ad. All right. This ad's sent by Michael Krause. It's called Washtub. Base. Base. Is it called Washtub? Oh, it is called Washtub Base. Why does the neck on this look familiar to me? Is that like a common parts neck? I mean, or is that a common style headstock that I've seen a, somewhere? That looks like an NS upright electric base headstock. Hmm. But I think that's just kind of a common style style of, of upright base headstock, especially like. So what we have here is we have an upright base that's built around an oval wash basin. Yeah, it's collapsed. galvanized bucket thing. Yeah, it is collapsible and built for traveling. And it has a table leg as its, as its little stand that goes down. I think that if I was going to have a stand-up base in my house, this is the direction I would want to go because people would, if, if people walked into my house and they saw a beautiful, fine mahogany carved top stand-up base, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, Ryan, we didn't know you were a man of such culture and class. Oh my gosh. Please, sir, will you entertain us? With some sort of polyrhythmic, jazzy bass playing. Could you please, sir? Or some sort of rockabilly riffing. And I'd have to be like, I don't know how to play like that. But if you walk into my house, you see this propped up in the corner. You're like, Ryan, that looks like fun. I believe you have fun playing it. I have no expectations for what sounds will come out of it. Like the pressure is off. Like a a full stand-up bass, there's pressure there. There's like... Man, you're committed to that. What do you? What can you do with that? Prove to the world that you deserve to own this gigantic piece of musical furniture. Where with this, it's like I can do whatever the hell I want. No one can judge me. I'll get crazy. Yeah. This is for sale uh, by Mark Paul Gossler, which is very confusing. Um, this is five hundred dollars. Yeah. I feel like that's a fair price. Renaissance fair price, maybe. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Steve, that was a better joke than I expected out of you. <laughs> All right, dude. You want let's do some what's new. What do you do you think five hundred is a fair price? Do you think that's <sighs> I don't if it's all built, it's just like if it functions, I feel like 300 is a price where I'm interested. If it works and it sounds all right at all, I think 500 is a totally fair price. If it doesn't sound good and it only kind of is comfortable to play compared to a regular stand-up bass, then yeah, maybe lower. But it looks like it's put together pretty clean. Yeah, it, it looks clean. It's just like... I don't know. It's a little all right. Confusing. All right. Okay. You ready to open that mail? Yeah, let's open it up. Steve doesn't have any, have anything interesting to say about the washed yeah, up base. He's got jokes about fairs. Oh, count. I think county fair would have been funnier than this. Is uh, well, it's definitely county fair. It's not state fair. No, well, I said rent fair. Right. Right. This is from Koyuki and Clint Cooper. Yeah, from Tucson, Arizona. 
There is a sticker. Go grab the cyclone, I'm grabbing Steve. the cyclone. Got these stickers, snake stickers in here. Steve's bumping the table out of alignment. Hoy, Ryan and Steve, more stickers for the guitar. See you next show, Koyuki and Clint Cooper. Two more stickers. Let's put them both on there. Guys, help us finish Cover the Cyclone. I didn't know it was going to take this long when I came up with this half of an idea. It's not even a full idea because I still don't know how I'm going to manage to give it away. But when we, scale. when we completely cover this guitar with stickers, as far as cover all the pink paint on it with stickers, we're going to give it away. This one's tricky because it's kind of clear, so it's not going to cover very much paint. Put it right I'm going to use it to cover this little corner right here. Do you want to use both? Yes. We'll use it to cover some little spots here. Whoever wins this thing is going to have to take most of these off because it's a really lumpy job of putting stickers on here. Maybe they'll keep a, a couple favorites. I don't know. Let's try to guess how many more stickers like regular size stickers we need. Are you going to be able to get it in there, Steve? So let's look. We need one for there, one more for there, one for there. That's three. Four, five, six, seven, seven eight, eight, nine, eight. ten, eleven. I'm going to guess we need like like. 20 more stickers at least. So guys, raid your sticker supplies. Go like check your kids' backpacks for stickers. See what they got. <laughs> Send us like, you know, like the uh, you know, the the government sends you a new sticker for your for your water heater. <laughs> Send that to us. Is that a thing? Yeah, sometimes we get new stickers for the water heater and they're huge. Oh, weird. <laughs> uh, you want to go hang that back up sure. for me? Look how beautiful this is. Yeah, someone's going to win it. I don't know how or when or why, but I'm going to figure out some way to give it to so someone. So you watched Seinfeld. Did you ever watch Frasier? Yeah, I watched Frasier. The latest episode of This Is Rad is about Frasier. I'm going to have to tune in for that. That's a great podcast, Steve, and a, and a wonderful television program. I watched Frasier because I watched Cheers, because I watched shows that children normally weren't interested in. I was a kid that watched MASH. <laughs> Everybody knows your name. That's why I watched Frasier, because I was the type of kid that also watched MASH. I feel like, like a lot of kids watched MASH. I well, knew of MASH, but I was busy no, watching like, Tour of Duty. I watched I said duty. MASH. Like, I, I think I watched every episode of MASH. Right. All right, what are we doing now? Uh, this is a part where I ask you what's new. I don't think I got anything new. Have you watched the new season of Cobra Kai yet? I don't know if I'm going to. I was, I was feeling burnout last season. Yeah. I'll yeah. say that. Um, I, I got kind of, I binged it. I actually watched it like in three days, wow. which is a binging for me. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely like so stupid I feel like I'm watching a train wreck, um, but I see. But it started out stupid, but it was a smart, fun kind of stupid. I think I still think it's fun, but um, you know the the again listening to this is rad this week. 
the thing that I think Kyle, it was Kyle on the show said about it was the creators of the show know that this that these people exist in a universe where there's basically like no rules, right? And they are now all in. Like this is this season is the first time I've, I I feel like I've ever seen police actually do something. Yeah, people are and actually beating no, each other up, and, and actually, we don't see and the police show. The up? police actually didn't even show up until the very end of one of the episodes to like arrest all the like arrest people, and that's it. This is this is a show about a kid's karate, kids karate classes where kids are getting legitimately hurt, and the parents are like. Yeah, I'll think like I think I'll keep my kid in karate class. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that kid in that karate class got paralyzed. Yeah, I'll keep paying dues. You know, yeah. <laughs> I gotta get him out of the house. What? You know? What? My son, my kid got paralyzed doing karate. Apparently, that just means he needs to practice more so he can get better and defend himself. And my kid is telling me that like his his dojo has like a mortal rivalry with another dojo and like. It sounds like the the people like who run these things are really messed up, bad dudes. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep my kids yeah. in it. My kids leaving the house at eleven o'clock at night, wearing a full wearing like a full black hoodie and black pants to go raid a rival dojo. That's fine. I'm as long as he's staying out of drugs. <laughs> None of it makes any damn sense. As a parent. None of it makes sense. I, 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 I guess I enjoyed the season, but like so many things, I wish they would end it. I wish they would find a way to end it. But if they're going to keep... Or what, they need to... Uh, uh, they need the Fast and the Furious it. They need to push it extra ridiculous. And it's like you find yourself in the eighth season and like, they're in space now? Like, what's... <laughs> Like, it's become so ridiculous, it's just completely divorced from the original concept, you know? Here's what needs to happen. Okay, I'm looking it up. Wait, did, did he die? He's not dead. Good, he can be in it. Um, The next season, somehow, needs to bring in Hillary Swank. And slowly, like, over the next two seasons merge the original karate kid uh universe because functionally the next karate kid is just another pat morita vehicle there's like no other karate kid things in it right uh they need to somehow get hillary swank in there and merge the original karate kid trilogy make the connection to the next karate kid Okay. Just keep it going. Keep it, now. Now you got more bad guys to bring in. All right. I don't care. I don't care. This is. Like, what, I want. I want them to, to happen to destroy their own their own property here, and I want them to do like cross genre bending. Like I want uh, Alien versus Predator versus Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want Karate Kid stuff to start showing up in other properties. You know. Okay, well, and I want things I, you know, like <laughs> I want Freddy Krueger to show up in, in Karate Kid and be like, we've got a karate fight, classic slasher monsters of the 80s, you know, like 
Like, where, where's Freddy and Jason at? Do like Jason's gonna join Cobra Kai, and then Freddy's gonna join the other one, and <laughs> and there's gonna be training montages to get them in their best fighting shape. What? Well, and they're gonna learn valuable lessons along the way. So one of the things is I feel Can we like stop talking about I, this. No, we can't. I think they've opened up the door to make it just all martial arts now. Like, sure. There's like Korean martial arts in this. And I don't know if that actually, now they're just calling it the way of the fist is our Korean martial arts. Also karate. Does this open the window to bring Jaden Smith? I don't know. Into Cobra Kai. I don't know. Jaden Smith. I want my, want Jaden Smith teaming up with Daniel LaRusso. No, like, Cobra Kai season 10, Jackie Chan, Daniel LaRusso. I want characters from, from Karate Kid to show up. I want Ralph Macchio to show up in, in a, another action movie as the Karate Kid. It's like, like Expendables 5. Right, exactly. And it's got, it's got Ralph Macchio. I would watch that. Yeah. But it's like he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Danielson, you know. Yeah. I want. But he's. Like fifty four years old. Yeah, I want Chuck Norris to do the thing that he hasn't done since the seventies. I want him to be a, a bad guy in Cobra Kai. Mm, that'd be fun. He hasn't been a bad guy since I think was it Enter the Dragon. I wonder what Chuck Norris looks like right now. He's well, been, he's has, about five foot ten, a Caucasian, uh, dark brown hair, no medium brown hair. He's got a beard. He's wearing stretchy jeans. No, he's probably in his pajamas right now, actually. It's pretty late I, in Texas where, has, where he's walking. Where has Chuck Norris been politically? <laughs> like, I don't know. It feels like he disappeared out of like the public eye. Like 2015? <laughs> He hasn't, he hasn't been back. He hasn't checked in. And it's either because he's smart enough to know, like, what I have to say isn't going to go over well with a lot of people, or just no one is calling up Chuck Norris to find out what he has to say about anything that's been going on for his, so the his, past seven years. His last film was Expendables 2. In but I'm not talking about films. I'm talking about, like, He's not popping up as like a talking head right. or like a media guy or anything like he that. He did write a book in 2008 called Black Belt Patriotism, How to Reawaken America. And honestly, right now, when did when did that come out? 2008? Not 2008. See, like, he's either got an incredible amount of restraint or he just doesn't know how to connect to current media to say whatever is on his mind. Like, he, I honestly, I, I know that he's like, a fairly conservative guy. But I wonder, I don't know. I don't, at the, uh, at the, at the risk of getting too political, I wonder if he has enough sense to not speak. <laughs> I mean, he has certainly spoken out a number of times in the past. Um, He did support the 2021. This is the most recent thing. Uh, he did support the 2021 gubernatorial election to recall Gavin Newsom. And okay. he endorsed 
radio talk show host Larry Elder to replace him. That's the most recent thing on Wikipedia. Right. Uh, in 2019, he signed an endorsement deal with Glock. Uh, in 2017, he endorsed former Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore. I mean, we can, yeah, we 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 know where he lands on the issues. But what I'm saying is, this is kind of amazing. We can assume where he lands on the issues. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that he hasn't been a talking head. I mean, he's he's 82, so maybe he's just like not a, um, not I'm, interested. Like if he's but there's significantly well, motivated personally, he will get up and make a public statement saying I endorse this person. Uh, but it maybe like it seems like he's not really doing the rally things. Um, it doesn't take a lot for someone to phone to to call into Fox or whatever. Right. That's you true. know, if Chuck Norris wanted to call into Fox and ramble, they would let him. I don't know. And it, you know, honestly, the way I'm feeling right now about it, even though I'm positive, I disagree with Chuck Norris on a lot of things. Thank you, Chuck Norris. For not being what a lot of people have become. For chucking and <laughs> norsing. You know what? Yeah, I, I think that's fine to say. Thank you, Chuck Norris. Even though I'd, I'll probably, I probably disagree with you. Thank you for staying classy by staying out of it. I don't think we have anything else to say here. <laughs> we just lost at least 15 subscribers. This, uh, no, I don't think that's true because the second episode I did with RJ only lost us two subscribers. Hmm. That might be true. Uh, when, when, when RJ came over here before you were here, as I was walking out the door, uh, I was like, whatever you do, don't do a better job than me. Because <laughs> then I'll feel bad. All right, uh, this is the last one. Epiphone, Les Paul. No, this is no, the this last second one. one. This is the middle Epiphone, one. Epiphone, Les Paul special. I got to make a note so I know what time to look at this for. Epiphone, Les Paul special with hand-painted replica of Hendrix Fool. Exact uh, replica. It's got a 3-8 inch mahogany plate mounted on the back with Gibson logo and Fool graphics like George Harrison's Rocky and Jimi Hendrix Flying V painted for their guitars. Gold hardware. Grover Tuner's real cool, baby. It's not reproducing any of that art. This just looks like crap. It's reproducing that style of art. That era of hand-painted hippie aesthetic. Here's the thing, Steve. The, the, the originals that it's referencing... Mm -hmm. They looked like crap too. That's true. That's true. But you know, they're recognizable crap. Yeah. They're iconic crap because you recognize them. This is not worse than any of those yeah. in application or style. Honestly, I kind of like that little smiley, uh, little Daisy there on the lower horn. Uh, that's I, the only part of this art that I think is like, that's kind of neat. I like the, the lips with the, chain with the bells i don't yeah okay. i don't know what it means i like but I like, I like the alpha stars uh logo between the pickups is that what that i is? don't know i yeah, there's little bits of this that i like and little bits of it that are just kind of sloppy there's a sperm by the brit by the tailpiece is that a sperm oh it is a sperm i see it now <laughs> uh 
I don't dislike the color choices. Like the, I think they did a good job of capturing that era of hand done painting on a guitar. Right. It doesn't, does it mean anything? No. Does it directly like reproduce anything famous? No. When I first saw this out, I was like, ah, whatever. I don't care. But now that I look at it, like if I knew, if I knew someone personally mm-hmm. that was like playing in like local, local gigging, local bands and stuff like that. And this was their guitar. I would connect it to them as part of their personality. Sure. And I'd be like, oh man, that's, you know, uh, Barry Jenkins guitar. Good old Barry. Jenkins. You never see Barry Jenkins without his guitar. That is Barry Jenkins yeah. guitar. Would you buy Barry Jenkins' guitar from him for $500? I could never buy it from him. He needs it. If he's if he's having trouble with money, I'm going to help him out. Gonna I'm going to make sure. I'm going to give him $500 to help him keep this guitar out of the pawn shops. You know, I'm not going to, I'm just going to be a loan, but you know, I, you know, Barry's never going to repay me. And I kind of go into it knowing that, but you know, like every couple of years, Barry gets in trouble and you know, we, we help him out. You know, so he doesn't have to sell his guitar because it's his yeah, guitar. Yeah, it's his what guitar. is he going to do without his guitar? It's his only guitar. Maybe he'll get a job. This is a fictional character that I've grown very attached yeah. to. Time, maybe it's time for Barry to grow up and get a real job. You know what? He's retired, man. <laughs> you know, sometimes the social security checks, they don't make all, make it all the way to the, uh, you know, the, to, to rent day. That's true. You know? That's true. You know, this is all he has is this guitar and he painted it. In the 90s, for some reason, in the style of painting it in the 60s, but he's had it around since. And it's definitely it's just, old, he's a right? Lo- he's local flavor. We need to help preserve this this local resource that we have of Barry Jenkins. Like, are these pickups actually patinaed like that? They almost, like, the bridge pickup almost looks sanded. No, that's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. And I appreciate that the pickups are nickel and the hardware is gold. <laughs> I noticed that it adds it adds to the the uh, the charm right of it. I like that there's little swirls painted on the knobs. That's I, fun. The swirls are fun. I don't want this for me. I don't want it for anyone else. You want it for Barry. I want it for this personality of a person. The fact that it's being sold ruins the the fantasy. Right. I want it to be like this guitar goes in the grave with you know this local guitar player that's like a local hero. You know, hometown hero. You know what I want, Ryan? What do you want, Steve? I want to let these people out here know that this episode is brought to them by Chase Bliss Audio. That's right, Steve. They make pedals. Well, they don't make the Condor anymore. But you know what? You know why I pulled that out? Why did you pull this out? Because it's a it's a wah. It's a chorus. Because every Chase, Chase Bliss pedal is a chorus. Chase Bliss made an EQ pedal mm-hmm. and somehow made it the most over-engineered, most interesting eq pedal this ever existed and it can be so many other things other than just an eq pedal just that accomplishment is enough to compel you to go follow them on all their social media get on whatever email lists there are make sure you stay up on chase bliss find out what they're doing when they're doing it when it's available if they make something that connects to you think about buying it i'm just saying Think about buying it because when they make something, they make it over the top and they yeah. make it special in a way that other pedal manufacturers just don't. If, like, there's a, if there's a certain effect that you like, this is my favorite effect, then the Chase Bliss version of that pedal is something you should really consider. I have never seen this 
with any other brand where universally people in the industry behind the scenes, other pedal builders, other people in the industry, when they see like, say like the prices of Chase Plus pedals criticized or the concepts of Chase Plus pedals criticized by the general public, I see those people go like, oh, hell no. Those people do not understand what miracles of design these pedals are. The industry goes to bat for Chase Bliss because they understand what goes into these things and how special they are. Think about that. Think about that. It's a very special company, and there's no other pedal company like Chase Bliss out there. So if you feel like treating yourself... Treat yourself right. Get a chase with pedal. This episode's also brought to you by Demonic Machines. Head on over to demonicmachines.com where you can check out pedals such as this HTR. If you can see it on the blue background, it's camouflaged. <laughs> Where'd it go? There it is. Where'd it go? There it is. This has a special message on it. This is a Klon style pedal. It says, I mean, it's not like I can just go buy an authentic one for a reasonable price, Bill. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's cute. It's charming. It's got more options than a normal run-of-the-mill K-L-O-N style pedal because it's a K-L-O-N-E style pedal. So go check it out. I've got serial number 806. I wonder what serial number you'll get. Tell us in the comment section what serial number you got. This last ad was sent by Greg. Thanks, Greg. Have you ever played one of these? I have. I, I played one at Guitar Trader. Me too. Uh, maybe we played the same one. Steve, did we play the same D'Armin rubber string bass? Possible. This is a Guild D'Armin Ashbury bass. I bet we did. Fretless electric bass with rubber strings, half the size, lightweight, and all the sound. So much sound. Great stage bass and even better conversation piece at the gig. It has a few cosmetic blems, all from good use. 450 comes with the original custom gig bag in good condition. A bunch of Wikipedia crap. Go read it. It's designed by Nigel Thornberry, not to be confused with Nigel Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries cartoon. Um, Ashbury uses silicone rubber strings and an acoustic piezo transducer pickup to create the instrument's tone. The lower string tension of the instrument means no truss rod is used in the Ashbury neck. Like electric basses and electric guitars, neither the bridge nor neck is adjustable. Manufacturer recommends that the silicone strings be dusted with talc powder to make them easier to play. A bunch of other things you need to know. These are cool. But they are cool. But of all the concepts that could have resurfaced in guitar technology Mm -hmm. in the past couple of years, I never would have expected to see like the Kayla Hugh basses oh, and yeah. all the yeah. other like ukulele basses that are using this technology, this string style and this string technology to make basses again, because this was such an oddball. There were, there was nothing else like this when these came out. And when I, when we saw them in a store, you had to pick them up and try yeah. them because it was so bizarre. And it's so interesting to me that you, they're back, not as this brand, not as this build style. They're like ukulele style now. But people are people are into it, and I've picked them up, and I enjoy playing them. I honestly kind of wish I owned one of those like U bass style mm-hmm. ukulele basses. They're a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. I and feel they, like they're a lot more functional than the these were. To sure, be honest, sure. Because, because they're like a, a all they're like an all in. Well, this the Ashbury is like an all in gimmick, right? The U bass. It's like no, this is like you want a tiny bass to. Now I know there are bands out there that 
feature U bass, like their bass player plays a U bass. Oh, totally. Um, but it's like if I got a U bass, I could just like put it up on a stand in my living room and it would just be, uh, you know, the thing that I pull out to play around with while, you know, sipping on a, a glass of Kirkland bottled and bond. I think pe- there's probably people who have much more better informed opinions on them than I do. But every time I've picked one up, I've had a ton of fun with those U base things. And like, these are no different. I just wanted to talk about the concept. Like, I don't know if this is a good deal or not. What do they, what do they want for it? 450, I think. 425. 425. I have no idea if that's a good deal or not. Yeah, I, I don't remember how much these were. I don't know how much they should be now. Um, the strap buttons, interestingly enough, I don't think I ever... Though this one, I wonder if it has some kind of damage too because it, the strings are like zip-tied down. I think the issue is that they just... They pull out of the nut easily. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the, the person was just trying to hold them down into the nut. The arm and... It also looks like the neck has a crack in it. Yep. And maybe it's just pain damage from the zip tie. There's one on Reverb that's red for $370 plus $64 shipping. So that's about the same price. Yeah, that that sounds like the going rate. I think they... Oh, you know what? Oh, they they did the same thing on this red one. They did the zip tie. Yeah. And they also, they also uh, did the tuner the other way around to get the string straighter. It's the, it's it's a problem with the low E, the low E pulls off the nut or something like that. And so there's people trying to find fixes for him. I'd say, don't buy, don't buy one of these original ones. I'd say buy one of the U base style ones, right? Get something that's a little more of a, they've, they've modern interpretation. I think they've ironed out the kinks. That's what I mean. Why it's like kind of funny because I call it a modern interpretation, but it's a modern interpretation on like a traditional, like a ukulele is like a traditional instrument. But I think that, I think that's what makes it work too, is that like you show up on stage with, with a DRM and Ashbury and it's like, what is that? What's going on? Where you see someone step on stage with a U bass and you, if you're not familiar with musical instruments, you still recognize like, oh, there's a musical instrument, you know, like it just, it works better for some reason. Steve is looking for his notes. I swear the song that I'm, we're about to play that I played a few weeks ago. You no, know, you and RJ uh, did know. an ad that I swear you and I did. I mean, it's possible. Probably like three years ago. That Live Edge SG. I swear we did that. Together, we held hands and we and we covered that advertisement. I don't think together. we've ever held hands, and uh, did any ad. The ads are done. It's too late. It's, it's always done. too late with you, Steve. Yep, that's true. <laughs> this song. This is from Max Hibbs. He says this is a song titled "Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. My band. I like it already. My band recorded. Uh, my band recorded. That's going to be the lead single from our first EP. We're called White Rose Motel. We're a blend of punk, blues, and a little bit of surf. Rhythm was recorded on a classic vibe jazz master through an EQD Palisades. The lead was recorded on a Les Paul with P90s directly into an amp sim. I've definitely listened to this. I There's no way I have not listened to this song, but I don't remember playing it. So we're going to play it again. Maybe. I don't know. Hope you enjoy, and I can't wait to hear this on the podcast. We're all huge fans. Max Hibbs from White Rose Motel. Maybe we just played a different song from him. 
Let's find out. I'm so tired, I need caffeine for a headache. And I can't sleep, I've got these blunt wraps just to medicate. Never by myself or less because I'm scared of myself.
You know that that makes me miss. What does that make you miss? It makes me miss going to like Red Pony Clock shows. Oh, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know, like house shows, like those like kind of indie folky, yeah, kind of indie pop sorts of shows. Right. right. <sighs> Such a fun vibe. You want to go over to uh to um what was that guy's name? The guy who had the house. Yeah, like those house shows. Yeah, he was like a recording engineer and yeah, down in Golden Hill. I can't remember his name either. But if you said it right now, it'd be oh, oh yeah, yeah, that guy. <sighs> Good times. Good times. All right. Bye everyone. Stay grounded.